Welcome to the G Spot, the podcast that discusses topics relating to sex, dating, and relationships, with a focus on pleasure, connection, and education. I'm your host, Heidi G, sex and relationship therapist, and I believe we are all entitled to a fulfilling sex life and relationships. The G Spot, the best sex and relationship education you'll ever get. Sex before, during or after pregnancy can be a scary time. The uncertainty of not knowing what it will feel like, hormones, adjusting to the new normal, comparing sex before the baby probably comes to mind. Today, I want to discuss sex before and after pregnancy. Joining me today is someone very experienced in this area. Anka is a certified sex coach specializing in work with women and couples in the area of low libido, sex during pregnancy and intimacy after baby. Anka did a TED Talk in Zurich last year called Good Enough Sex. Welcome to the show, Anka. Hi, thank you for inviting me. No worries. So I thought um, you're definitely the right person to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) and invite on the show to discuss um, sex and intimacy after pregnancy. I know that um, I um, see a lot of women who are scared, um, not only, you know, because their life has changed and their parent is now the, um, sorry, their partner is now the co-parent, but it's also, you know, finding that time to have sex, the change, change in their body, you know, after the gynecologist has told them, you know, yeah, wait six weeks, you know, for your cervix to heal and, you know, you'll be good to go. So, you know, it's, I guess, um, what I have seen anyway with some of my clients is that, even though, yes, you know, they're sleep deprived and all that, and that aside, they're kind of expecting sex to go back to the way it was when they were having sex quite frequently yes. and rough sex. And um, so tell me about, you know, the experiences you have with the clients that you see. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I think uh, we are really, uh, there's really something missing about the conversation and the discussion around pregnancy and your life after. Yeah. Uh, but women just they just don't don't have any information about it. And that is that really pregnancy is not just about biology. Yeah. It's not just about changes. You know, all the discourse we see in the media is about you know bringing your body back after baby you know, returning to normal, how your breasts would look like, your stretch marks. It's so external. Yeah. And of course, your body goes through all these changes, but pregnancy and becoming a mother is so much more. And this is what I see in my work. And I try to show the women that, you know, it's not just your body that's changed, but it needs some sort of um, transition to not even go back because I don't really believe you can go back really, to your sexuality, to your body pre-pregnancy. I believe you come into this different stage of life when you have had a baby. You know, even if you didn't have a baby biologically, you become an adoptive mother. It's also a different stage of your life, your personality, your yourself. 
and your relationship will, will change as well. So the model um, that I work in is very holistic. I look at sexuality as something that is about the body, but also about your mind, mm -hmm. about your emotions, about your energy, your spirit. So all these things come together and become very visible mm. during and after pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's such an important way to look at it, you know, holistically as well. And you're you're so yeah. you're so right. I mean, I see that in um social media a lot as well, you know, about bouncing back mm -hmm. or getting your body back. But you know, there's, yes. there's so much more involved after, you know, yes. having having a baby. Yeah, I mean, of course, we shouldn't um, diminish the meaning if we if we have placed importance on the way our body looks like and the way it feels. I mean, so many women say that they don't feel fit anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not even about the weight. They say that their body lost this energy because the energy went somewhere else. It's absolutely normal. During pregnancy, your body needs all these energy resources to you know, grow a baby, then to maybe feed the baby if you are breastfeeding. All this goes into it, and the women say that they are kind of depleted of energy. So this is important to really pay attention to the signs of your body and make sure that you have some space, even in the busy time with a newborn, to really either relax or have a very short exercise session. But we really need to look at it in a different way. We have to be so creative when we become mothers. Mm. If you have been used to going to the gym five times a week, you know, now it may not be an option. Yeah. So so you really have to have to think in creative ways how you can make space for yourself, space for your needs. Because if you don't feel the energy, if you feel your body is just, I mean, you lose connection with your body it will also have a reflection in your sex life once you become sexual again with your partner after giving birth. So it's really so important to, you know, reorganize your life, but it will be reorganization all over again every few months because babies have stages, you know. First they are newborns, then they are um, older babies, then they become toddlers. So it's really so dynamic but we, we kind of have to change our thinking. We were used to having our life organized in a certain way. And now it really has to change so that we don't forget that we are still women. We are still us, individuals, on top of being, being mothers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, um, I've read something on your website where um, you talked about um, – you know, being a mother and going back to work to do the radio show that you used to do, um, I think, was it yeah. eight weeks? Eight weeks after? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I returned uh, to work a, when my baby was eight weeks old. Well, it, it's a weekly show, so I was still on the maternity leave. I only did this show uh, once a week at 11 p.m., so not very early and not very good time for a tired mother. But I think... It has to do with me reclaiming, you know, myself as a professional, as somebody who was passionate about what she does. Mm. And it was so important to me. But of course, I had, I mean, it was easier because I had the support of my husband who totally understands, who doesn't have a problem with staying with a baby, this kind of stuff. So the relationship dynamic is also extremely important or the support system you have if you are a 
a single mom, yeah, it's really important to have some sort of support system. Oh, definitely, definitely. And like I was saying in the um, the beginning, your um, your parent, uh, sorry, your partner <laughs> becomes the co-parent yeah. as well. So there's all these changes, yes. and it's like looking at your your partner as not only your other half, but also the parent as well and then um trying to you know get used to the new life and raising this child and get used to a new routine as well as trying to bring the um or keep the uh the the sexuality and the the lust and keep the the flame burning in the relationship Yeah, and you know what's interesting? I mean, in my work, I, I, we, we always talk about like in media, in articles, in magazines. There's always this talk about women losing their desire after childbirth yeah. uh, or when they become mothers. But in reality, what I see is that it's not such a clear case. I mean, there are cases, and there are they are not so rare. But it's actually the man who is has a lower desire when the baby comes. And this is the part that we don't talk about very often. Uh, and, you know, I even noticed it in my own marriage. I mean, my husband was so preoccupied with a baby and sort of, for men, the hormones also kick in if they are involved in child uh, raising. So so for them, it can also go down. Whereas for a woman, um, you know, the very act of breastfeeding can be very sensual. So you can kind of start feeling your desire coming back quickly after childbirth, whereas a man may need some more time. And this is a taboo. We kind of expect men to be always ready for sex and always at the top of their ability. So it's really important to to look at sexuality changing when the baby comes. If you are in a relationship, doesn't matter if it's a you know man and woman, is if it's a same-sex relationship, but it will change for both. Yeah. Have you, I mean, you said you experienced that with your husband. Have you seen many clients where that's happened, where the, the um, male partner has um, yeah, changed? More than I would expect. More than I would expect. So oh. it's kind of changed my thinking about, um, about sexuality after baby. I had this assumption too, that my desire would go down and it will, may take some time to come back. And of course, other things kicked in, like, you know, being tired, um, being overwhelmed, your emotions, your individual, your sense of self changing a lot. So that had to do with my own libido and with my clients as well. But it's also something very um, important to remember that that your partner will change too. And you kind of have to find your way together mm-hmm. in returning to sex. And returning to sex may happen earlier than your doctor says Mm. because you know penetrative sex is not recommended by doctors until six weeks or eight weeks yeah you know sex is so much more than intercourse yeah so your sexuality like you know self-love masturbation caressing your partner giving your partner a touch it can happen much earlier or it may take longer for you to come back and it's there's never a clear-cut you know, date, okay, we're six weeks, we're good to go, and we have to do it. It's up to you and your partner to decide when you are ready. Yeah, that's that's so true. And I think, like, I've seen, um, you know, couples and females um, come to me 
saying that, you know, well, I've got the, you know, yeah. I'm past the six-week mark now and I've got the, the green light. And I think the, the sad thing about that is that, like you said, it's they not given any instructions or um, anything else. It's like, yep, all is good. You can have sex again. But, you know, what does sex yeah. look like? And like you said, it doesn't have to be penetrative sex. And this is what I tell my clients yes. as well, um, it, you know, baby steps. You know, take small steps and, you know, look at sex differently, broader. Um, it could be, you know, date night. It could be holding hands. It could be a central massage, yeah. mutual masturbation, yeah. like you said. Yes, exactly, exactly. And and really also like changing your ex expectations. I mean, especially the first few times you have intimacy, uh, either whatever. I mean, if it's manual, caressing, if it's oral, if it's penetrative, it can feel different. And you have to really don't panic if you feel pain, if you feel discomfort. You, you know, you have to take your time. You have to sort of use every means possible to make it more pleasurable by using lubricants, by uh, really enjoying as much touch from your partner, as much preparation as you need. But don't really panic that, okay, now I'm going to have bad, painful sex all, all the time because chances are your body still needs some time to heal. Yeah. I mean, the six-week mark is really very artificial because like your, you know, vaginal lining changes, um, your uterus is still kind of coming back to, to its previous position and to its previous form. Yeah. Your cervix is different after giving vaginal birth. I mean, all these things uh, happen on top of them. If you are breastfeeding, you may feel sex really in a different way than you did before because of all the hormones that come uh, with breastfeeding. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so what is the most common um, thing that people um, or couples come to you, um, I guess the most common concern that they have um, after pregnancy? What do they, what's the common concern? Well, I think it's the frequency of sex. Mm. It does change um, for many couples. I mean, some couples are really determined to keep the pre-pregnancy frequency and yeah. they manage to do that. But in many cases, it's just, you know, life wins kind of. Uh, you prefer to go to sleep or you have a long night because your baby is teething or something. So the frequency uh, changes because you may have been used to having sex in the evening. Yeah. Whereas now it's just not possible because both of you are dead tired. Mm -hmm. So also finding ways like where does sex fit into our lives right now? If you have a small baby, there is a chance that the baby naps during the day. And if you, for example, both work from home or have this sort of arrangement that you can meet during the day, it could be like lunchtime sex. Yeah. So really thinking again, creatively about, uh, about sexuality, but the frequency of sex and the, the loss of libido in women is really um, still a con big concern. I mean, of course, as I said, there's men who have it too, who experience it too, but it's usually in case of women and it's a very complex matter. I mean, it can range from becoming a little bit aver averse to penetrative sex because you've had some painful experiences. Yeah. I mean, after baby, after childbirth, like your partner didn't pay attention or, or you were 
not communicating well and the sex was not really good for you. Mm. So you, you're, you kind of have learned to associate it with pain and you don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> or it can be more emotional. I mean, it can be about the energy in the relationship. I mean, you not sharing the responsibilities of parenting um, in a balanced way, in a balanced way enough for you. Or, you know, a range of things can happen here. Yeah. So how do you work with women who have low libido? Um, I know that I see mm -hmm. both women and men who have low libido. And yeah. um, I guess from the, you know, what I see um, with my clients, it's, I guess, a bit of um, grief and loss for them. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, they just, they feel like something's wrong with them. They feel like they're the problem. And, you yeah. know, I hear, you know, Heidi, I used to have a high libido. I was always ready for it and things have changed now. Um, and I, I don't know what's wrong. I feel like I'm failing. There's something wrong with me. I want to be able to provide or do this for my partner. Um, so tell me a bit about, you know, your experience working with women who have low libido. Yeah. So all the things you've said, I also hear them. And um, I, I think you would agree with me that it has a lot to do with like negative limiting beliefs that people have around sex, yeah. right? Like they say, I have to do this. This is not normal. Yeah. I am not normal. Um, it should be uh, this way. I, as a man, as a woman, should uh, perform in this way. So there's a lot of work around limiting beliefs, yeah. um, uh, around sexuality, and kind of creating your new normal and accepting that your sex life is not a constant. Yeah. And it's absolutely 100% not a constant for women because women are cyclical. Mm. So it's in our nature to not for it not to be constant. We have, you know, we are more horny when we ovulate, for example. Mm. And the same happens in our life cycle. I mean, when we are younger, we, we may be more sexual, then we become moms and it goes a bit down and then it goes up again and then there's menopause. So we are very cyclical. Men are also, but in a more in a life cycle, yeah? It changes in a life cycle. Mm. But understanding this, that sexuality will not be at the same level, that your libido will be at the same level throughout your life is really crucial. And sort of finding your new normal uh, when a new phase of your life begins is, is very important. Another thing I see is the sort of lack of communication. And that's another aspect that we always address. Even if it's individual work with a woman, we address her communication with her partner because there's a lot of assumptions going on and not so much um, clarifying, you know, yeah. like I think uh, he doesn't um, tell me I look nice. That means that he thinks that I became uh, fat or ugly after baby because I don't have time to go to do my hair, to do my makeup. I wear my yoga pants all the time, but there's an assumption here and not asking your partner, yeah. like, is this for real? Because for your partner, it could be that he's stressed out because you are on maternity leave or you decided to be a stay-at-home mom. So he is now the sole, you know, provider of the family and there's more stress around that, you know. So the more you really bring in your um uh, any doubts that you might have, any questions, the more you really say it out loud, 
the clearer the air will get in your relationship and in your bedroom as well. So that's what I see in re- working with uh, women. But I think the, 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 the focus on my work, individual work with women clients who have low libido is really to take the time to focus on them, to really reclaim sexuality as something that they have. Yeah. First of all, individually, and only then, once they are good to go, they understand their own needs better, they have found their pleasure again, or perhaps for the first time, they really are in good contact with their body. Can they, you know, can this kind of emanate to your relationship and really improve the partner sex that you you are having? So really giving you the focus the woman the client focusing on what she actually needs where she is now how her body is feeling what her emotions around sex are this is the key of this work yeah yeah I totally agree and you know reconnecting with your body is is so important Mm -hmm. um and what you're saying about communication too I mean I also see that well I think this or I assume that or well I think this way so he or she must think this way too like right so have you asked your partner hmm no (laughs) so yeah that's interesting and I actually drum into my clients um about communication you know communication is just as important in the bedroom as it is outside of the bedroom Mm, exactly exactly and what you mentioned outside the bedroom is another important element of um working with desire we think that there's like a quick fix you know a new technique you will bring in some gadgets to your bedroom and it will help it won't if outside the bedroom you are not really giving um, your time and making sure that you have this intimacy on a daily basis yeah you don't really nurture it in your on your at your kitchen table I mean holding hands or you know doing small things for one another supporting one another saying positive things it doesn't have to be a compliment but really saying like you appreciate your partner in what she or he does all this creates intimacy and kind of is this is a real foreplay if we ever are to talk about I, foreplay. I, yeah. and this is really yeah. I was actually just gonna say it's all part of foreplay isn't it <laughs> yes 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 exactly so so really this nurturing the intimacy even if you don't feel ready to have penetrative sex or being sexual um, at this point, really make sure that you nurture the intimacy you have as partners, as a couple. Take at least a little bit of time in your busy week as parents to be a couple, to be a marriage again, to be romantic partners. It's so important. And and reconnect as well. Reconnect with yourself and reconnect with your partner. That's so important. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, Anka, we've covered a lot today and, um, (laughs) no, and it's just, it's fascinating as well to, you know, hear about the work that you do with the couples and, like, this is such a um, a hot topic, as I like to call it, because I do get asked Mm. about this a lot and I do see this a lot and there is that fear as well and it's a bit like... um, you know, like I said earlier about grief and loss, you know, and it's because 
you know, there's so much expectation, so much pressure that, you know, we put on ourselves or that we have from the outside of what we need to look like, what, you know, our relationship needs to be like, you know, the type of mother we need to be and how we need to pretty much be Wonder Woman, you know, what we, um, what our bodies need to look like and, you know, uh, rushing into things. And, you know, I think um, one of the key important things that, that you said is you know about taking your time and not rushing and there's no quick fix and that is just so so important to remember that yeah and but it is a process like you know if somebody comes to me uh with low desire i mean we will not fix this problem in one week exactly you have to kind of be really gentle with yourself and you have to understand that you need the time to First think, then maybe feel, explore, talk about it, reorganize your life so that you really have all this constellation of elements that that need to happen for you to really feel there's space in your life to be sexual. So um, really be gentle with yourself and and take your time. Like that's what I tell my clients and I'm sure you do too. Um, Don't expect, you know, quick... Uh, magical fixes because our sexuality takes time to develop like look at your in your life I mean when you were a teenager you were in your puberty you started to become interested but looking at yourself now from the perspective of this teenager you see how long road you have uh, made so far to know what you already know about yourself about being a woman being sexual and you know this road doesn't end here it it continues yeah so it will take a while for you to um, to understand your sexuality again. And there's research, there's new research saying that for women it can take up to a year, or in some studies it showed up to three years to really feel they kind of inhabit their body and their soul again after baby. It's such a huge life-changing experience, but it doesn't stop at six weeks. Really, a year is a minimum for you to get things, you know, going, understand them, organize them again. So think about this perspective, yeah. really, and not just a six perspective. Yeah. And look, some people might be listening, thinking, what, a year, three years? Is she kidding? <laughs> But, you know, I think I I want to add to that, Anka, because I think that the most important thing is to enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy reconnecting with your body. Um, It's it's supposed to be um, fun and pleasurable, you know. It's supposed to be a beautiful, beautiful thing because it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we do get scared when there's change. We do have that, you know, grief and loss. We do hold on to the past, what used to be. Um, and you know, it's good to have those memories, but I think it's, um, important to embrace the change and, you know, I guess work forward and work towards, um, as I like to say, version 2.0, the new version. Yeah. (laughs) So true. So true. Yeah. So, um, look, before we finish up, any final words you'd like to um, say to the listeners at all? Um, Yeah, I think the final word and something I always um, kind of uh, tell my clients or people who want to work with me is that if you really 
invest in working um, on your sexuality and understanding it after baby in finding your sexual self again, this will have such a huge benefit for your children as well as a mother uh, or as parents, because, you know, our children don't learn about sex from what we tell them or what they read in a book. They learn by our example. So if you see an, as an example of a woman who is kind of sexually um, at home, I mean, she feels good in her body. She's confident. She, there is some sort of um, tenderness between parents. They kiss, they hug on a daily basis. They, they kind of show this love. I mean, our, this is the best lesson we can give our children. Yeah. So it, really investing in yourself is also in, an investment uh, in the healthy, uh, you know, psychosexual development of your children because they learn by seeing how you um, are around this topic and around your, how you feel in your body. Definitely, definitely. I think they're great final words, Anka. <laughs> Um, thank you so much um, for joining me and talking about this topic your experience is just very appreciated and um, I hope we get to do another topic together on this podcast thank you so much that's uh, lovely meeting you and I hope it will be useful for for your audience and I'm looking forward to meeting you again right on some occasion cheers thanks Anka Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow me on social media at Heidi G Spot and check out the website at HeidiGCounseling.com. Join me next time on the G Spot because the world is a better place when there's great sex and relationships.